six of Dr. Seuss's books, including And to Think That I Saw It on Mulberry Street and If I Ran the Zoo, will no longer be published. Dr. Seuss Enterprises said these books portray people in ways that are hurtful and wrong. It was weird when Dr. Seuss's estate put out a statement that said, so bang your crown cruzels and shake your grand granzels. Please forgive us so we don't get canceled. <laughs> Studios. This, this is the award-winning After Nine with Scott and Cat. Good morning to you, everybody. Yo, time to celebrate Hump Day. I lost my hump every day. It is Wednesday. Hump Day, am I right, buddy? Halfway through the week. Gosh, it is. Time flies. It's go time. Hello, everyone. National Cold Cuts Day, March the third. National Cold Cuts Day. If your name is Mario, this is your week. A week from today, Mario Day. There's a lot that happens in March. St. Patrick's Day is just around the corner. We've got that uh, two weeks away, I think, right? 14th? The 17th? 17th. 17th, yes. It happens the okay. uh, same day every every year. And spring is coming up, too, which is what I'm looking forward to the most. Yeah. Oh, that's on the 20th, I think, right? Yep. Okay. Let's start off with some sports here, first and foremost. The Jays signed George Springer to a $150 million U.S. contract back in January. There were some Jays fans that were ecstatic, and there were others thinking, you overpaid, that's bullshit. He had his first at-bat yesterday against Philadelphia, and he singled. Hmm. Not bad. That's a good start, right? I mean, That's kind of where the the management, the people who approve the trades think, oh, thank God, because they were hearing about it from fans. So that's good. And then we go over to the Raptors, because tonight they are supposed to take on Detroit. COVID is running wild through the Raptors, it seems. Like, nobody's saying anything about who caught it or where they caught it or who they were in contact with. But we do know that going to be out of the lineup tonight, Flynn, McCaw, Van Vliet, Siakam, and Anobi. Who's left? (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck are we supposed to do now? Kyle Lowry going to play every position? We're all going to find out together. So, I'm sorry, did you say, is Nick Nurse allowed to come back in or he's also out? Like, he will not be present. Mm, okay, so I've only got the player lineup okay. so far. I believe Nick Nurse is still out. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, coach is gone, three starters and two go-to backups, all out of the lineup tonight. Now what do we do? <laughs> I mean, I know that Raptors 905 is in Florida as well. They're playing as part of a bubble for the G League in Orlando. So I guess they could call up some Raptors 905 guys, but... Or do you just go with a short bench? You're asking me? I would be the last person that should make any of those kind of decisions. But I am curious to see what they are going to do, so I'm going to check that game out. Uh, buddy of mine, I got to tell you this story. He was in the States until yesterday. And we've all heard the stories about... The Quarantine Hotel. The Quarantine Hotel is apparently terrible. Uh, Now the conservatives are again calling on the government to scrap the entire program. They want it replaced with enhanced pre- and post-arrival testing. Basically, they want to do at the airports what we're doing at the land crossings. And not send people to the hotels because of deplorable conditions, they say. Some people aren't getting dietary restrictions met. There's even reports of sexual assaults in some of the hotels. Okay, that's a problem, right? Huge. So, what do we do? Well, we've got our land crossing thing there. The land crossing's a little bit different because if you're a Canadian citizen, you have the right to come back to Canada anytime, no questions asked, and they can't put as many restrictions on as if you flew in. Mm -hmm. It's a subtle difference, but it's a difference. So, at the land crossings, 
My buddy came back to Canada yesterday and he had a choice. He could fly into Pearson like everybody else and wait in that long four-hour lineup to get tested and then get put on a bus and shipped off to some shitty hotel for $2,000. Or he could fly into Buffalo and come across at a land crossing. He decided to go the land crossing route and he was texting me the whole time. So he landed at the Buffalo airport. He took a taxi to the bridge at Fort Erie. He walked across the bridge with his luggage Presented himself to the border agents. They welcomed him back, asked him what his quarantine plan was, gave him a home testing kit for free, and said, get out of here. He said the whole thing. And then he got to go home to to the comfort of his own home, agreeing to do all the quarantine things, and that was that. Didn't have to eat the gross food, apparently, and drink the gross water, and all of the other terrible things that you mentioned that, God, I hope, is only like one situation and not several. Or pay the two thousand dollars. Why are you? Why are people doing this? And I know, uh, <laughs> right? Like I don't understand why everyone's not doing this. But we've talked about it many a times in the podcast that there are loopholes. Here's another one, and that's a great example of one of them. So why are we forcing these people to do this? I, there's got to be a better. There's got to be a better way. But all of that said, all of that said, I still go back to if you know it's going to be tricky, if you know it's going to maybe suck, even then, what are you doing? Why are you traveling? What are you doing? Why? Right. Why? Was it an absolute have to travel or was it a kind of want to travel? That makes a difference to me. I'm sorry. I get that there's some people who don't fall into essential worker category and some people wouldn't consider it essential, but we all have different definitions of what is essential. And and some people traveled knowing that they'd have to deal with shit when they got back, but they've got to deal with the shit at the airport. I don't know why you would do that when you could quite easily land in Detroit or land in Buffalo and just walk across the bridge and boom, you're fine. You're saving thousands of dollars by doing it that way. Yep. And the government set it up so that you could do that. It's, uh, I don't know. I'm really trying to figure out if the quarantine hotel is really, truly serving a purpose or if we're just fucking with people. Like, maybe that really is just a whole, yeah, you wanted to travel, eh? Fuck you. Yeah, I think that it, it could be, honestly. Like I said, I called it from the beginning, and I think it still is a scare tactic. It's to scare people mm-hmm. from traveling because they can't stop it from happening, or they say they can't, or they don't want to change any charters because maybe by the time it actually got changed, COVID won't be as big of an issue. Maybe once these vaccines start going around, it won't be as bad. So what's the point in attempting to change something that's going to take a month when in a month from now it won't be that bad? I don't really know. But I, there's too many loopholes here. And if you really did want to travel, I don't understand how, you know, you should, you should go with what, what they tell you to do when it comes to quarantining in that hotel. You can either refuse it when you land, or apparently you can walk over the border just to catch a flight in Buffalo or wherever the hell, and you're fine. Let me ask you a question about my own circumstance, because I'm curious to hear your take on this. As we talk right now, I've got an offer in on a house in Indianapolis. Buying a property down there. I've never seen it. I'm having to buy this house sight unseen. Mm-hmm. And I had the realtor go through on FaceTime to show me around. Couldn't touch anything, obviously. Uh, didn't have that experience to go and look around the property. This has literally been picked out through a series of Google Maps, Google Earth, and the realtor with FaceTime on her phone. If I want to go down there and see a house before I buy it, would you consider that essential? See, no. Is that a good reason for me to travel? Because I, I haven't, but I'm kind of thinking, what am I doing buying a house and I've never even right. fucking seen it? Yeah, no. I mean, I don't know how you do that. I don't know how you've done that. 
um, because I need to see everything. But I also don't think I don't. That's not essential. It's not essential. But even I do though need real the estate house. is even though real estate is because for some people's circumstances they 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 do deem it essential real estate. In some circumstances, you need to find a place. You need to do it. Your case, when they look at it, it will not be a necessity. Hmm. Okay. But I mean, I can go. I can get on a flight and go to the states. It's just I gotta <clears throat> follow their rules down there when I get there, and then when I come back here, I've got a choice: two grand in the quarantine hotel for three nights and eating shitty food, or flying to Detroit or Buffalo and walk across the border and not pay any of that shit and just have to self isolate. Uh, tough one. I haven't decided if I'm gonna go, but it's it's definitely on my mind. Meanwhile, the vaccines are on. Yeah. 945,000 COVID vaccines are coming to Canada this week, including 500,000 of the newly approved Oxford AstraZeneca vaccines. I love that. What age group are we at for vaccination? I know it's still seniors, right? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, silly question because I know I here feel- we're slow, slow, slow. Everybody is getting shit on right now because the public is out of patience. So, I'm going to say this in all fairness, I feel really, really bad for the federal government. Uh, the procurement minister, Anita Anand and Justin Trudeau. I feel bad for Doug Ford and Christine Elliott and General Hillier. And I feel bad for all the local mayors because this one, it's a bit of a unique circumstance. We've got this AstraZeneca one coming in. And even though the Pfizer and Moderna are only going to those 80 plus right now, 80 plus general population, they can book and go and get their vaccines. Great. But what do we do with this AstraZeneca one that's now not Mm. supposed to be given to people over 65? Add in another layer of complication. Not only did our National Vaccine Council just say it shouldn't go to 65 plus, the ones we bought were expiring. They can't be used after the end of this month. It was sort of like a bargain, like, hey, guys, you can have these vaccines, but they expire at the end of the month. So we'll give you a great rate if you take them off our hands. I don't blame AstraZeneca for wanting to unload them. We were the ones that bought them. And now we don't know how the hell to get them out there. Because we didn't have a system in place for people that are under 65 because under the old plan, we weren't supposed to be vaccinating them until June. But system, I mean, when you use the word system, like it's not it's all the same. We need people who are qualified to deliver vaccines and insert them into the arms of, of people who can take those on. If it's if it's under 65, great. If it's. 50 to 65-year-olds, for example, let's do it. There's a ton of empty spaces all over the place. Could you not just quickly designate, okay, this spot here that's empty because every other fucking rec complex in this entire country is empty right now and has been sitting empty for like a year. Let's clean this out, do what we have to do, um, bring on whatever uh, staff, nursing staff, whatever it might be to help us out with this, and let's effing go. And maybe it's a first, I don't know if it first come, first serve would be a terrible idea, probably. But there has to be a way that we can organize this and get get needles in arms before these go bad. I mean, surely we could. The problem is, if they give those shots to people, great. Maybe people, luck of the draw, lottery, whatever. They were just on the website when it launched and they booked in at an appointment. Good for you. Good for them. But every time we do one of those, there's going to be somebody else standing up saying, what the fuck? I should have been prioritized. And education workers grocery workers people that work with the public front of house they're all standing there saying where's our fucking vaccine well we just haven't developed the system yet but we have but they won't release it until the 15th because it's got to get tested or that'll be a whole other controversy 
So they've got this system not ready to roll out for two weeks. And while they can lower the level to below 65 for that one particular vaccine, we haven't even figured out which areas they're going to because every mayor in every city is standing up trying to get attention for their constituents saying, we need vaccines in Mississauga. And then uh, Newmarket is, fuck it, we need vaccines here. And same in Kitchener, same in Oshawa, same in Ottawa. It's a logistical nightmare. And there's a, it's a no-win situation. Yesterday, people were shitting on the procurement minister for buying vaccines that are expiring. Mm-hmm. Listen, as far as I'm concerned, that was a smart decision. Don't let them go to waste. Don't let them go bad. We should be able to hand out a half a million vaccines in less than, uh, what is it, 27 days. Right. We should be able to I do so that. Too. Just act lo- like we just need to act logically here. What makes the most sense here? Let's get them in arms. Let's not worry about all the little details. Um, and yes, it's important who gets them. I completely agree with that. So if you're doing 50 to 65-year-olds, maybe you should put an asterisk on. If you're working in one of those frontline situations, you're first. Right. And then the rest shall follow. Or education, okay, you know? How does a teacher prove they're a teacher do they have like authentic teacher ID? Well, the or, I, I imagine knows. there's going to be some fraud there. Yeah, I, I sure, I'm sure it isn't as easy as we think. That said, I, I mean, you're right. If I'm uh, Sarah Jane Smith and I am a teacher and I am apparently allowed to put my name in, I would assume the government has all of your updated information. But we're assuming that they do have all of the appropriate information. I'm not sure how quick and how easy it is to access that and cross check it and cross reference to make sure that, yep. You're absolutely right. You work in uh, this place and you get a shot. It's probably harder to come up with that when you're doing it kind of last minute, if you will. It's uh, there's no shortage of people that are looking for any little thing they can to shit all over the people in charge. Like I said, yesterday, the procurement minister took it on the chin for ordering vaccines that are about to expire. Guys, it's not like she went down to fucking Dollarama. I'm not her biggest fan, to be perfectly honest with you. She's my girlfriend's MP, and I don't – that's a whole other story. I I don't think that this was a bad decision. She did the right thing. Let's just get them. We need them. Let's get them. We've got three weeks to use them. Go. I think that was very, very smart. You don't need to shit on her for that. And no, you don't need to shit all over, I don't know, General Rick Hillier because we all know that with a little bit of uncertainty here, they're changing the game as this happens in real time. Now that we know it can't go to 65 plus, it's got to go to the younger people. Some people are going to fall out of line and people are just waiting for a chance to pounce all over the government because, I don't know, uh, media personalities got the shot before, say, uh, grocery workers or whatever it is. We don't even know what it is, but somewhere someone's going to get a shot before someone else that probably should have. And it's going to be national news. It sucks. It really does. It's a no-win situation. And if we'd had these vaccines sooner, great. If Health Canada would hurry the fuck up, where's this Johnson & Johnson approval? Get that done, too. We could have been out of the woods a while ago. Uh, an update, though. Joe Biden's doing a pretty good job down in America. Like People seem to like him, and I'm not uh, surprised. He now says by the end of May, all adults who want a shot will have a shot. Yeah. The end of May! Else? Isn't that something else? And then look at us. We're like... Hey, I think I'll be able to get one in the fall. Good job, everybody. It's, uh, <laughs> Seriously. Actually, in some, some states might might actually go mask off before we even get uh, shots in arms from. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's how that, I would say how far ahead they are, but really how far ahead we should be. 
Uh, it's unfortunate. The whole thing's really unfortunate. Like I said, it should all go into one book, and a very unfortunate book, coffee table style, about all the shit that went down this past year that should not have gone down. Texas is going mask off. They're doing a full-blown yeah. reopening next Wednesday. And, and they're doing a reopening like a reopening. Like, holy yeah. shit, get the big tuby wavy arms guys out and put up the banners and fire off some fireworks because yeah. fucking Costco's open again. Well, no and, capacity limits, no masks, no masks, nothing. And that surprises me only because from their top doctor, Dr. Anthony Fauci, said that we should still be doing masks for the time being. So yeah. where did that go? They just don't give a fuck? Or how does that work? <laughs> I really feel like they don't give a fuck. Like, because he said realistically, and many, many health professionals have agreed, even after these vaccines are given, to be safe, we should probably keep this in our, as a bylaw, whatever it is, in your place that you live, until 2022. So I don't know. Texas is one of a kind. So maybe they were just like, fuck that. I, I don't really know. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to wait until they say okay. But if they don't say okay in a reasonable amount of time, I'm going to just say fuck it. And my mask's coming off too. So, for example, after I've had the vaccine and after about, what is it, 65 to 75% of the population is vaccinated, that's when they say we will have achieved herd immunity. Once somebody says that, masks are coming off. And if they don't say that just because they want to keep us wearing masks and limiting the amount of people in restaurants, then I'm just going to say, fuck it. I'm taking it off. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody has to work in the same direction here, and that's good. I appreciate that. But there has to be an end point, And sooner or later, someone's going to have to stand up and say September or October, November, Christmas, whatever. Right. But people need to know when this is going to be over. We now know when the shots are coming. We know how many people it takes to reach herd immunity. Let's fucking go. Let's fucking go. Give us an end date and let's move. Switching gears here. Different life events make us feel different ways. And there's usually one thing in your life that truly makes you feel like an adult. Can you think of what the moment was where you thought, I got to start adulting here? Huh? Yeah. Game on. Uh, now it's time. I'm, I'm not just some dumb kid anymore. I got to go. Well, when I really felt it was probably for me when I got my first mortgage is really the moment where I went, I am very responsible now. Uh-huh. Um, and I think I was 24. So that was my moment. Although there were a lot of little moments too leading up to that. I would say that was the big moment where it was like, I felt like I was entirely on my own. Entirely. It's, 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 you got to do this. Let's go. That was the moment. Number one out of this new survey is when you got your first home. I agree with you. I got my first mortgage when I was 20 years old. And I remember that mortgage was, I think, 120 grand. By the way, young people listening right here are like, what the fuck? I know. Oh, I it know. was A, it was much easier, much easier back then. You did not have to give as much of a down payment, although mine was a hefty chunk. I, had, I, I was a good saver, too. A lot of my friends didn't have houses at the time. But don't forget that times change. And it's much, much harder to get that now. I totally agree with you. My first mortgage, like I said, it was 120 grand, yeah. the mortgage, and I had a three-bedroom townhouse yeah. with a yard. Guys, like crazy, right? Uh-huh. Uh, owning a home is the number one thing that people say makes them feel like an adult. When you got your first full-time job, number two, people say that's when they feel it. When you move out of your parents' house, even if it's not into a home that you own, it could be into a place you're renting, when you move out and... Huh, there's nobody else doing the laundry for me or cooking shit. I I guess I'm on my own now. Okay, that's a big one. When you had to worry about bills, 
Some people said they felt like an adult when they graduated high school. Some people said not until they got married. When they first got their credit score. <laughs> yeah, that's a shitty time. <laughs> yep. When you, when you first had to start planning out your meals. Uh-huh. I thought this one would have ranked higher. Number nine on the list. And they surveyed 1,700 people. Number nine said they felt like an adult when their kid was born. Okay, now you, your, your kids were born, you were quite young. I was young. Do In you, fact, that's why I had my first mortgage so young is because I was having a baby. Yeah, okay, so did that, so both of those hit you the same, the same amount of like adulting, I assume? But babies force you into it though. There's a difference between your choice and adulting, which is like getting a house and like, and a baby. And it's like, nope, you, you gotta step up here, right? Uh huh. Totally. I mean, I was, uh, I was gonna be a dad, so I had to get a house and, and have, Everything in place for the arrival of my daughter. And I did. And that's great. I mean, I had kids young, but it's kind of funny because I distinctly remember at the time, my buddies were all like, "Uh uh you got kids. You can't go out. You can't do this. You can't do that. And now the exact opposite is happening. They're the ones fucking around changing diapers and trying to arrange daycare anytime I want to go out for a beer. And I'm in the clear. I'm good. In fact, it's gone full circle in that when the kids were coming, I bought a house for them. Now I'm buying a house for them at their schools. <laughs> and here we are again. In university. Yeah. The circle of life. 100%. Uh, now, I did run down the top 10 there. Oh, getting your driver's license was another moment that people said made them feel like an adult when you could finally drive a car alone. Now, take away all of those because there's one answer that did uh, better than all the rest of them. 1,700 people surveyed. The number one response is, I don't feel like a grown-up yet. Hmm. Okay. Really? Yeah. I wonder what hasn't happened in their life but, for them to say, I don't feel like a grown-up. Because these were all people 18 plus. Sure. And, and, and the, the term grown-up will be defined differently by each person. Sure. Right? Some people might think grown-up is your first full-time job. Some people would assume, think, nope. It's when I, st- I don't know what you would assume. It's when I do have kids and that hasn't happened yet. And I'm 32, let's say. So for them, I'm not a grown up now. I don't have any massive responsibilities. So that's how I feel. Yeah. I mean, I, I hit that point very young. Some people hit it a little later in life. I, I think sort of the way that things are going now is you get married in your mid to late twenties, you have kids in your early to mid thirties. And then at some point in there, is when most people feel like an adult, depending on what the event is that makes them feel like an adult. Um, I'm shocked that there's that many people that said they don't feel like an adult yet. But we're all doing such adult things. We're being asked to do things every single day that are very adult now. Mm-hmm. It's kind of fucked up when you think about it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, let's talk quickly here about what's going to happen. It might even be down by the time you hear it. The verdict in the Alec Manassian trial. Uh, this is another one that's going to have people talking about justice because the the options are innocent, guilty, or not criminally responsible. This is the guy who ran down 10 people and killed them, first-degree murder charges, with a van on Young Street in April 2018, Toronto. 16 others suffered injuries from that attack. I think everybody remembers that or remembers where they were yeah. when that happened, right? It was right? horrible. It was horrible, yeah. So... Today, he gets sentenced, and there's a lot of people who are going to not like the decision, no matter what it is, because how, no matter what they do to this guy, even if they do say guilty, he's not going to get enough jail time. If they say not criminally responsible, 
people will straight up lose their fucking minds because the devastation in this crime was so bad. 16 people hurt, 10 people killed. And there may even have been more than that. I mean, that, that were injured in some way. That doesn't even measure the emotional injuries from that. Yeah, and you take a look, like, just as historically at, at our track record here in this lovely country, and you just know it's not going to be what you want it to be. Sure, I and think. people are going to be legit angry. I mean, this is going to be a topic of discussion throughout the day today. Um, not lost on me in all of this is the controversy over him trying to claim the reason he acted violent was because of autism spectrum disorder. Nearest I can tell, and I, I tried to do some research on this, I don't think anybody has ever used that as a criminal defense for capital murder. And that has yeah. autism advocates losing their mind. Like, no, that is not what happens. But they managed to find a couple of experts that they brought into the trial and said, oh, yeah, it could have made him violent. The whole thing is so messed up. And I'm thinking about the families, and I'm really, really hoping for justice here. I really hope that those families get a little bit of closure. I just don't trust our justice system to do it. Yeah, I'm with you. I, really, I mean, really I, don't. I, I don't. It's not much of a justice system. Like I said, it's a law system, maybe. It's, it's, it's not justice. It's not. It's a shame, and I don't know what it's going to take. I hope that I, th- I know that there's what gives me hope is the younger generations are taking a look at this and going, this is wrong, and that's good. We all should. Let's all step up then. The younger people especially, like, take a look at this. Your generation can change this. Let's let it happen. Let's change the books on these sentences that are fucking stupid. Like, let's do it. I agree with you, Kat, but it's going to take some real desire, and mm-hmm. it's going to take some compromise. You know, Aaron, you can sit there and criticize Justin. Justin, you can sit there and criticize Harper. You guys all need to sit down together and agree so that this goes through the House of Commons and all the due diligence has been done. So it's not something that the Supreme Court is going to say, fuck you. Not a lot of people disagree with it, too. That's the best part is that, yes, we can all be on the same page about it, regardless of where we where we sit politically. We can all agree that some of these sentences are absolutely disgusting is what they are. So let's change it. Let's go full blown. Like, I'm not even against the death penalty. I'm really not at a certain Ooh. point. I'm really not. No, I'm not. <laughs> like, get them the fuck out of here if they're if they're going to do something like that. And they like when you're when you're convicted and you knowingly did something to destroy families. I don't give a fuck. Like, that's how I feel. But I, everyone's different. I'll take I'll take a level lower than that. I'm good with that. But it, it needs to be changed. And I hope that it does happen. Can I do a bit of breaking news here? Sure. As we do this podcast anyway. Uh, Google has a big announcement this morning. They're going to, if you believe it, they're going to stop selling ads based on your browsing history. They say they will nix the technologies they have right now to track you across multiple websites. Uh, This statement, which is very uh, long and detailed, if you want to see it out from Google on their tech blog, says they're making it explicit that once third-party cookies are phased out, They will not build alternate identifiers to track individuals as you browse the web. It says, nor will we use them on our products. Interesting. And for those who don't know, Google accounted for 52% of last year's ad spending. 52% of online ads were clicked on based on a Google ad. Based on your browsing history. That's why everything that you browse will pop up. And even if you already bought that, by the way, it'll continue to pop up until you tell it to please go away. Or if it bugs you enough, you tell it to go away. 
But that is a, a according to a, a from Google this morning directly. Do you believe that they're just going to completely put out random ads? Do you want them to put out random ads? No, I kind of like the custom ads based on my cross-browsing history. <laughs> you do. Okay. Now, some people well, find no. it invasive, right? So the reason why they're doing this is mainly because people find it a bit invasive, and they want people to continue to use Google. So they want people to use Google. Their ads generate billions and billions of dollars, both for you know those who are putting ads out there and for Google themselves. But there are people who just find it a little too much. It is. What I'm wondering, though, is if this is an announcement that's going to make people hear it and think, oh, okay, finally, they're going to respect my privacy and I don't have to worry about that sort of shit anymore. But what they're really doing is they're going to stop. Okay, on my laptop, I looked up, uh, let's say, radio stations. And then on my phone, I looked up uh, music streaming services. And now all of a sudden I get ads for music and radio stations. They might be phasing that out, but where do the ads come from where uh, you and I can be having a conversation about barbecues and that all of a sudden it heard my conversation and yeah. I start getting a ton of ads for barbecues? Right. Is that getting phased out or is that not included in what they're canceling here? Because I think that that's the real invasive one. I don't mind if I Google pools and all of a sudden I start getting ads for pool companies. That's okay. I come, I almost kind of expect that. But if I'm having a conversation in my living room and my Google speaker happens to be listening mm-hmm. and then on my phone I start getting ads for pool companies, that's fucking weird. Yeah. That's creepy. Yeah. That's the one that they shouldn't be allowed to do. I don't know. The only thing here that it says is that it won't cover its ad tools and unique identifiers for mobile apps just for websites. Uh, so it just really lists something specifically about the app. It doesn't – I don't believe it says here – I think it's across the board, though. I mean, this is a pretty major announcement. Again, if you believe it. Some people are just very skeptical. Very skeptical. They think that they've developed something a lot more low-key that you won't even notice, and they're still going to find a way to do it without being blatantly obvious. Like, it's pretty obvious if you Google Canadian Tire um, Tent, right? And then a couple days later, you know it's going to pop up on websites. Anything that has a Google ad will be Canadian Tire Tents on sale or Canadian Tire ads or maybe even a home hardware might pop up or something Oh, here's like an that. ad for Wayfair with tents. Exactly. Great. Exactly. So I think we all know that. I, I just don't, I just don't buy that they won't, that Google won't use it to their advantage. We're talking about billions of dollars and they're billions. not taking a hit based on people, people's outcry because most people are like you and I, where we're like, eh, it's interesting. We're not going, you're invading my space. Fuck you, Google. I'm using Bing. Like, no one's using Bing. Like, nobody, nobody is. is going to hate it enough to use Bing from here forward. So I, I'm curious to see if this will have any impact on Google, and it may not. Uh, I guess time will tell. Okay, quickly here. Let's do this real quick because we're real low on time. 76% of people who have started working from home during the pandemic say it's made their relationships with their coworkers stronger than before. How do you feel about me? Uh, okay, so you have not changed. <laughs> you will always be the, the shining star in the north sky. <laughs> right, right, right. But some of my other coworkers, I can see why people think this. I kind of do miss seeing some of those people around the office, even yeah. the assholes. Yeah. And, and I say that in the nicest way, but I mean, there's some people who, yeah, maybe I do appreciate them a little bit more since I don't see them every single day. Right. It's kind of like your family. Right. You could have a real rough relationship with your family. You see them a little less often. And then eh, when you do get together, maybe it's a little more impactful. Same thing with work, I would think. Right. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I think that you're you're on the money there. Even like you said, the ones that maybe, or there's the ones maybe you avoid, right? Like the the chatty types that you're like, oh, I got work to do, got to avoid, you know, Jane and and whatever HR because man, she'll chat my ear off, and I got to get stuff done. And you're like, oh, and you roll your eyes at it. But it's true, you start to appreciate those things. Like I walk through the halls here at the station, and it's like, man. What I wouldn't give to just be able to shoot the shit with like the six or seven people that I shot the shit with on my way out the door, even alone in this place. I, that'd be amazing to have that back. The Bachelor is back in the news. They asked Serena P, my favorite, and who I think could be a future Bachelorette. Would you be okay with Chris Harrison coming back? She seems very noncommittal. Now, my question to you on this is. Do you think she really feels that way or do you think she said that because that's the politically correct thing to say? Okay, so to me, see, you heard something different than me. Here's what she said. I would struggle because the amount of work that needs to be done here, I feel more time would be needed. I would need to see the changes that have been happening in his life and the actions that he has taken to feel comfortable welcoming him into the bachelorette she thinks he needs more time. Uh, okay i thought that she'd be open to it just not now so i mean i think everybody would be open to it we can't just cancel and i'm going to use the word cancel but you can't just cancel people or people's jobs based on something that they said if they're willing to actually learn and they're putting that in who are you to say you're canceled even though you've learned you're, you're learning a lot from this and you've actually recognized it and you're going to change your your thought process on this going forward, you can't cancel that person anymore when they take the time to actually do the work, right? If they're not doing the work and they're just all bullshit talkers and saying, oh, yeah, yeah, forgive me, I I, I used this phrase and I, I don't know, I didn't know it was a thing, like, let's move on. Like, no, but do you understand why it's not okay? And Chris Harrison was given an opportunity in the podcast that's in question to think about what he was going to say. He knew wh- what this podcast was going to be about, and he chose to say something that really rubbed people the wrong way. The entire cast of this current season of The Bachelor is not on his side. All of the women posted that are involved in it, the exact same thing. Matt James, The Bachelor himself, reiterated what the girl said and said what he said wasn't okay. He needs to realize his mistakes. He needs to learn. He needs to do some growing, especially when he's going to be involved in the franchise going forward, which will have more BIPOC community involved in it. Absolutely. You know it will. So you can't say things like the things that he said and just think that it's going to be okay with everyone for you to host the show, regardless of your background. Mm. We never did really talk about it, and I don't want to because it's uh it's it's a lose lose situation. I mean, there's no positive outcome for for us in discussing that or for me in particular discussing that. I just think that uh um I I don't know how many of those bachelor contestants are really that upset about it yeah. or if they were told this is kind of the line the show is going with, so you could better get behind it or maybe they just think it's the in thing to do. Oh, he's been canceled because he said something racist. And even though I don't really understand it and I wasn't offended by it, I will go along with this because I don't want to be canceled, too. Mm-hmm. Is there anything to that? Yeah, because I, I kind of feel like there is. Yeah, I think that there's a fair share of people who will be like, yeah, absolutely. You got to stop and think about what you're saying. But they don't take the time to understand what did you say, A, and B, uh, where where did you go wrong in saying that? You said mm-hmm. things that other people have said before. Yes. But you also aren't realizing, you know, ABC, whatever it is. This is what you need to understand. What you're doing is cutting, 
cutting people off. And I don't know, again, you don't want to go into it. So we won't, we won't bring back the audio from, from Chris's podcast. But when you do listen back, the truth is he didn't really even give the host a chance to speak. And in the moment she said later, I wanted to step in and I wanted to save him. And I was actually there thinking, okay, I should step in because this is going to get bad. But then she thought, why would I do that? Why wouldn't I let someone learn? And sure enough, it wasn't even her that really brought up the fact that what he said was wrong. It was all of the fans of the show that were that recognized it. And that's when it really got set on fire. So she let him kind of have an opportunity to speak. He didn't really give her an opportunity to speak. And at a certain point, she said, fuck it. Go ahead and go with what you're going with. Because I Here's know it's some a, rope. Go ahead and hang yourself. Exactly. Right. And to watch right. that happen in front of someone's eyes like that's it's not fun for for either of them. But if, I mean, the guy's being pulled off in endorsing things, too. I don't know if you saw that, but there's a couple oh, of I things didn't. that he endorsed. And he's being pulled off of those two. I think he has a chance, though. If I could, we can go back to what we were at, uh, I mean, what you asked before. I think he does have a chance. I do not think he's going to host The Bachelorette. I do not think he'll host Bachelor in Paradise. I think he might be back, though. He may be back for, you know, the fall. And he will come up with, apparently... Uh, something that he, a statement or of sorts. I don't know. Apparently there's going to be an interview in the coming days. So we'll, if there is one, we'll talk about it again here and update you guys. But he w- is apparently prepared to speak. And with that, we may also find out what the future of the franchise, at least for this year, will look like. He apologized, right? Like he's apologized and he voluntarily took a step back. Well, he may have been voluntold to take a voluntold, step back. But yeah. either way, I mean, the official line is he said he was going to step back a little bit here. And I mean, if we kind of agree that he'll likely be back and he's already apologized, is this just some sort of like a punishment that he has to sit out a couple of seasons of the show and and miss out on his paycheck? Is it a punishment? I don't I I think he if you want to believe his posts, he recognizes what he did. And and Scott, you even know it's one thing to say sorry, but you have to mean it. You can't just say I'm sorry because I guess you guys don't like what I said. So sorry about that. No, 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 no. What did you say wrong? What are you going to do to educate yourself on the truth of this matter? And and t- like you need time to do that. You can't just say, I'm sorry, I learned everything there is to know about this topic, which he hasn't. And, and I'm ready to go. I'm ready to uh, host this after the final rose, guys, because I know everything there is to know about it. No, that's going to take time. Right. So it's not just about apologizing. Yes, he did. And I'm sure to some people that matters. But as Serena P said, it it kind of still makes them uncomfortable. He can't just jump right back in again. Serena P for Bachelorette. That's my vote. She's great. She would be awesome. Uh, Okay, we will say thank you very much for listening to After 9 today, guys. Happy hump day. It's going to be nice today. Enjoy it. Then it gets cold for a couple of days and then double digits next week. Yes, fucking please. Bring it on. You have a great day. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.